0: Oh. 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 oh Honestly unbalanced.
1: Welcome all, it's episode seventy-five of Honestly Unbalanced chat to people who've tried to make your life a little bit better and this week that person is dylan alu dylan is a transformation leader and a world-class yoga teacher he's on a mission to open hearts and awakened minds he's dedicated the last 15 years of his life to deep transformation work And has had the privilege of serving thousands of people across the world on their journey to self-healing and clearing out their blocks so that they can realize their full potential and live what he likes to call an awakened life. So we chat to Dylan about what meditation is and that it doesn't have to just be sitting still. What can be found in the present moment? how you are not your thoughts, building a yoga business without building skills. Yeah, he created an amazing yoga studio in South London. The power of having a heart-centered why, how to create community and the power of it, and how to hold a safe space for people to heal. It's a wonderful conversation and you will, I have no doubt, enjoy it.
0: Honestly Unbalanced
1: Guys, a little favor to ask before we get going. If you at all like what we're doing with this podcast, please spread the word. Of course, you can rate it on whatever platform you're on. You can do reviews. You can share it on social media. We put a lot of work into making these conversations happen. Our guests kindly dedicate their time to it so please do spread the word far and wide as a little gift to you you can get money off lifeform yoga mats Uh, without doubt the best yoga mat i've ever used and i've used them for years and i've used every other brand i think more or less lifeform are the best and they are b corp certified if you never heard of that, that basically means they're a force for good in the world. To get that B Corp accreditation is ridiculously challenging. Just Google it if you're interested. Uh, but the fact that they have that is pretty amazing. Normally, Code Hustler H U S L E R gets you ten percent off during the current sale. It will get you five percent off, which is pretty good still. And then, alongside that, if you fancy joining Holly and I on our online platform where the sound healing meditation loads of pre-recorded classes and live classes we've got a pretty big sale on you can get one well two years for the price of one you can get one year and also get a bonus year for a friend i give you a free 100 discount code for you to give to your friend uh, and there is also a percentage off sale as well so head to the hustlers.com if you want to hear more about that i'm going to let you enjoy the episode now
0: honestly I'm and i would
1: love to know kind of what noun you call yourself, and then when I when I ask that question, what noun you call yourself? The rationale is that when I first met you, I think we, we were both teaching at an Om Yoga show in Manchester. Maybe I met you in London. I forget. I've met you multiple times in person. I believe mainly at the Om Yoga shows. Uh, and as far as I knew, you you were not just a yoga teacher, but you you were teaching yoga, and that was your thing. And you were teaching trainings around the UK. And then you know, kind of, re- I've kind of watched you over the years. And just doing many things and i see you in front of like huge tv screens that look like you're like hosting an episode of Britain's got talent in covid <laughs> that kind of vibe <laughs> there's lots gonna of- so what 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 are you now
2: <laughs> i think it's um evolving and it has been evolving for some time um yoga i think has been the outsides the packaging if you will for many years and uh, has been my doorway in many ways yeah. Um, but it's really just me sharing my personal journey, you know, with, um, whoever cares to listen and if it contributes to people and helps them change their life in some way or impacts their life in any way at all, then I'm happy to share it. So as far as a noun, to be honest, I'm still trying to work it out, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, I'd say like, it's, you know, there's a, there's a blend of yoga, meditation, deep transformational work, you know, inner work and, and healing as well. So you know, energy work uh, has been my latest string to my bow in the last sort of five or so years. Um, So a mix of things. Um, And and generally, you know, depending on the who I'm talking to and a language that they can relate to, if Mm -hmm. it's someone, you know, who's very empathic and energetically connected, then, you know, we talk about healing and energy work. If it's yoga people who are more, you know, in tune with the physical, then, you know, we have a conversation about the physical. But ultimately, it's all about, connecting, you know, to a potential within. Um, So I'm still scratching my head on trying to explain that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you start well started, you didn't start, but at some point you were in the corporate world for a a decade, was it? And you found yoga and meditation, I believe to help you with the with the stress of the corporate world. And what made you decide to, to leave and follow this this path, then was there a complete turning point for you? Was it quite gradual? How did it happen?
2: Yeah, so corporate wasn't even something that I planned. To be honest, it you know, if I was to maybe just give you a little, like a quick, you know, run through mm. on my journey, I think it started when I was a kid and, you know, I was the tiniest kid in school, I used to get bullied. Um, I know, um, Adam, you're, you're into martial arts as well. And because I got bullied, next year we moved to the city. This was me when I was living in Malaysia. Got into martial arts, didn't expect it, ended up training for national, ended up being in the, the Olympic squad for Malaysia and competing and and then you know that was full contact and and you know then i sustained injuries so later i, I got to a point where i decided i realized that 16 17 years old like hmm, maybe there's no future in this and i think i want to do something else obviously my coaches were really pleased about that mm-hmm. so i left the <laughs> university instead and you know i was like i really don't know what to do um you know my dad was like what do you want to study i'm like i have no idea I think I'm good at math. So what can I do with math? So I went into computing science, which was probably the weirdest thing to do. <laughs> and I kept finding myself in just all these strange things. So I got into, you know, university, I was fumbled my way through it. I got jobs, you know, and then I lived in Australia for many years. Got went through corporate. And corporate was a journey in and of itself. It was another schooling. You know, martial mm. arts was like a schooling. Corporate was another schooling. Um and by the time I got, you know, decade and a bit, you know, I was in like 13 years or something um, in corporate, I realized that something was stirring inside of me and I just felt kind of soulless, you know, not that corporate is bad. It just wasn't for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I had, I remember there was a very clear moment um, where one of my, my senior managers that I was reporting to, I was working on a project with him. And uh, I'm sorry for the graphic nature of this. But in you know, like there's one day I was in, in, in the in the bathroom in the toilet and, and I could hear because he breathes very heavily. You know, <laughs> so I, I realized he was there in another cubicle. And this guy had trouble peeing, to put it simply. You know, he was so stressed out, he was so in his head, and I could I could I could hear him, you know, and, and then he left and I went to wash my hands and I was like looking at myself in the mirror and I thought, This like if this is all I can you know, that's my probably my next step or next step in a few years Mm. if this is all i can do with my life and like look at me point black you know in the in the mirror and like the words in my mind was just like shame on me if this is all i can do with my life Mm. and but you know then it was like okay but what do i want to do with my life you know i had a life where you could say it was pretty good you know like the six figure salary and whatever i was just comfortable but something in just felt empty. I was living in, you know, a beautiful city. I was in Sydney You know, I'll sit in the bus going to work every morning and, you know, the sun is shining and, you know, Sydney Harbor. And as I'm working in, you know, heading into the city center for work, um, in my suit, you know, and I look at people in the bus and, and so many of them were just looking down. They weren't mm-hmm. even kind of looking at, you know, the view. Um, so so much was stirring within me and, um, it all just culminated you know yoga was this thing that was in the background um, in corporate when i first started corporate i discovered this thing called stress my face was breaking out and i was like you know went to different people and and they couldn't explain what was going on um it just brought me on so on one side i was doing corporate and on the other side, you know i was trying to heal my body i heard about this thing called yoga and i was like well okay let me i don't want to do just a couple of stretches and fall asleep you know i want to do something (laughs) active because i was an athlete um, I was back then. I was fit, um, so I was like, I need to do something. And then yoga just started me on this journey of, uh, yeah. To be honest, like I remember when my I, I was in Ashtanga class, and 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 the teacher at that time, I remember back in time, she was trying to teach me to kick up into handstand, and I was kicking so hard, and she's just like, "Dude, who are you fighting?" Mm-hmm. You know, and I realized like wow i was actually competing fighting with myself you know as this Mm -hmm. martial artist but here's his analogy of me just fighting and competing with myself and it was just you know it was there's so much going on and me trying to work out um so many things about life and myself and just fumbling around really and corporate was another thing in my life and it was like what do i do with this and and where do i go with my life from here and you know then by that point you know some years of yoga and the yoga practice was just there as a foundation um i just go to the you know the street as a studio that i loved going to and i'd go there every day uh, but on this side there was this like you know stirring within me of like i don't know what i want to do with my life and and where do i go with this you know then it kind of kicked off into to the next journey the next part of the journey when my yoga teacher there kind of planted a seed and then you know, mm-hmm. like led to the next part into the yoga journey
1: there are lots of directions we could go in there. No, at least I kind of want to ask, how did you know he was peeing and not not, not a number two? But we don't need to go down that route. But the one route, I, <laughs> the one route I would love to go down is, I guess many people think, okay, it's corporate and corporate can ruin you. And if if I'm not doing corporate, I need to go down something completely different. Do you think there is any way? And of course, this isn't for every person, but to have a corporate job and still be happy and embodied Mm. Mm. and i guess incorporate what you've learned from yoga in how you deal with people and projects in the corporate world because i think a lot of the conversations we've had on this podcast is often and this is i guess more down to the individual but that individual feels that they need to get out of that corporate world, which is right for the individual, but then maybe there is almost to our listeners kind of a demonizing of it. If they yeah. are still in that world that, like, oh, do I need to escape it? So the question is, do you think people can still be part of that yet be embodied and happy and content people? And then what would be the strategy for that? Um,
2: I think, you know, I heard some, some I don't know, someone's podcast or video the other day, and there's a moment when this person talked about, you know, um, finding um uh, uh life's magic in the mundane mm. uh, I don't think it was the exact words but it was something like that essentially it's you know it's like finding the, the divinity in each moment no matter what you're doing you know and I think whether you know you're working in corporate or whether someone is um you know a, a bin man you know or or like sweeper on the on the road or a or a cleaner or whatever it like there is no difference. Do you know what I mean? It is a thing that we do and um, and someone could be, you know, living their life purpose doing that. Do you know what I mean? And it's like my cleaner, for example, he's the happiest guy I've met. He's one of the most joyful people oh. I've met, you know, and I, I just love having him here every week because he's just so, I don't think he's in a, even aware of it, but he's just in his flow, in his element. He's doing what he, you know, I think he loves it and you know he takes care of his children he loves his family you know who's to say that is bad who's to say corporate is bad mm-hmm. you know someone could be in corporate and that's their dharma you know mm-hmm. maybe through whatever the challenges um they're facing and whatever it is that they're going through every day um that's them living their you know their highest potential so I don't think it's about leaving corporate and becoming a yoga teacher. I mean, frankly, a lot of yoga teachers need to learn lots of things that we learn in other areas.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting. I, I often say the world doesn't necessarily need more yoga teachers. The world needs more people that incorporate yoga teaching into their other life.
0: We need to get someone yes. in the corporate world on the podcast. Mm.
1: What do you think <laughs> that particular boss uh, that you had at that time? I imagine you've worked with people since like him in various settings. What advice would you give to him now, like having explored all these pathways to help him keep, still do his job, but live in a a more mindful present way and and be able to pee? (laughs) Um, That's a great question. I think just the last bit of your
2: question there is the answer, which is, you know, um, doing whatever it takes to be in the present moment. And actually that is, you know, a practice for all of us to do what it takes to be in the present moment. Um, And I like to keep things simple. So generally, I'd say, okay, the simplest way I know, which might simple doesn't mean easy, you know, is to pay attention to your breath and your body right now, because at least the breath and body we can relate to in a tangible way. And essentially, that was my journey as well. It's like all of this energy stuff was just all too weird and crazy for me back, you know, when I was a corporate guy any of this stuff was just like too woo woo and weird and crazy. And like even just doing postures, you know, yoga postures, which is physically tangible, was like, yeah, weirdos, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think it's about coming back to what brings you back into the present moment. So, you know, it doesn't mean even you have to be like doing posture or sitting in meditation. Essentially, it's paying attention, you know, paying attention to the richness of this moment whether we like it or not Mm. you know and and that's also part of the paying attention it's like paying attention to the dialogue that's going on in the head
0: Mm. do you know what's been really an interesting thing for me in the last 13 weeks since having our our little baby boy i used to think of meditation as you know sitting and trying to stop your thoughts or at least watch your thoughts and you know that was my meditation practice um but you know I feel like I failed every time I was just constantly thinking of things, whereas having sunny is like a meditation because you can only be a hundred percent present otherwise you know you've you're you're putting him in danger you just have to be completely present with this little baby so actually meditation doesn't have to look like that it doesn't have to be you know sitting in front of your altar and finding time each day to to consciously meditate. It can be you know being with your baby or or something else. Would you agree with that
2: absolutely, so you know. Um, like in the eight limbs we talk about meditation dhyana dharana you know mm. dhyana is the state of what paying attention um and essentially is paying attention to anything and everything you know despite the dialogue in the head that goes mm, i like this mm, i don't like mm. that mm, this is nice mm, that's not so nice this person or oh, why that you know just that stuff that's going on there. that is all part of the experience of the moment, yeah. Um, whatever it is that we're going through, whether you're chopping vegetables or going for a walk, yeah. or you know, it's all an
1: opportunity to interact in in this moment. Mm. Have, have you come across a guy called Randy Porsche? Porsche? He 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 wrote something called the Last Lecture. This was maybe well, he did he did he did a last lecture, and then the text was written about it. And he was uh, he worked in Carnegie Mellon institute i think i'm saying that right carnegie mellon and he'd worked for disney and pixar over the years and he got diagnosed with a type of cancer uh and this was his quite literal last lecture and it was for his children really so a big audience it was a lecture for his children uh and one thing he said in that was that you miss your moments you miss your life Mm. and that stuck with me so you know i listened to this when i was perhaps 18 and just that little phrase if you miss your moments you miss your life really 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 struck me uh but one one thing I want to follow up with Holly's observation about meditation and babying, babying, mm-hmm. babying <laughs> your baby, <laughs> looking after a baby, <laughs> is there a difference you perceive between a formal practice and an informal practice? Mm. So you, know, you get sometimes people say, you know, running, running is my meditation, doing the gardening is my medita- meditation. And my belief is that you can have the quality of being present while you're running you can stop the while you're running but a more formal practice is what enables you to do that and there is a difference between the formal meditation and then how you then incorporate that in life and mm-hmm. you do, I think you need the formal practice so what do you have any thoughts on that
2: yeah I think it's easy to say like look you know every moment should be a meditation but if someone's really you know we've trained ourselves to be in this incessant thinking and that's all we know it's like you know that's the walls of of a room let's say um and we're trapped in it and you can say well that you know that's the meditation person's like well i don't know what do you mean like how do i relate to that so i think there is time and place for that and and for most of us you know to have some practices which i guess essentially is why you know the yogis created the yogic practices you know and and whatever teachings they all created their practices um to help you know break it down and make it more tangible and practical and have something you know if we need something to do then it's like okay here's something to do you know here's a journey here's a progression path that you can follow rather than just well be present in the moment and it's like well i think i'm being present in the moment well, what does that mean mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but like we're just completely in our heads you know just off with our
0: thoughts it's a controversial question. What is so great about the present moment? Because we talk about it so much. Oh, you know, it's all about being present. But, you know, I like re- thinking about things sometimes and thinking about the future and planning things. So what does the present moment actually give you? And why is it such a such a thing in the yoga world?
2: Um, I don't know. I can't speak for the whole yoga world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for you personally then. <laughs> uh, I can speak from my experience. Um, I think the present moment, is a doorway to something greater within. You know, it's a doorway to our own divinity Mm -hmm. within. And despite whatever experience that we're having in the present moment, sometimes actually having a difficult moment wakes us up more because it's like, oh, you know, it makes you pay attention. Um, And essentially it is the action of paying attention, you know, act or action of paying attention Um, and, and that the present moment then opens us up to beyond the veil of what is actually, what seems to be reality Mm -hmm. (laughs) and perhaps, you know, a, a higher, um, well, an awareness of like a higher, higher consciousness, like a connection to a higher consciousness or higher mind or higher love, you know, whatever you want to call that. Mm. It's,
1: It's all we have, isn't it? It's really like the past is just rumination. And the future is fantasy. We? <laughs>
0: at what point did you realize you are not your thoughts? I saw a little reel on your Instagram about this, so I'd like to know: is there a moment where you you thought, "Oh, okay, I'm I'm not my thoughts"?
2: Yeah, I've thought about that quite a bit. I'm like, oh, I need to pick a moment because you know <laughs> I might get asked at some point. And I think for me, my journey was just mm-hmm. gradual. Yeah, you know, and I definitely had moments in life where. Life's had to slap me around to wake me up. Mm. It's like pay attention. And then, you know, other moments were actually voluntarily paid a bit more attention. Um, So sometimes I think we pick some of those big moments and say, oh, I had this, you know, big cathartic experience or this like extreme experience. And there was my moment. I think the moment was unfolding through my life. You know, I think the moment began when I was a kid. I was a little kid, you know, in North Malaysia, you know, in, in living in a rubber plantation on my bicycle, just like trying to make, you know, whatever, like wheelies or screeching mm-hmm. the back wheel and just not knowing anything different, you know, about life and just living in, I guess at that time was just bliss.
0: <laughs>
1: and let's talk about, I guess, a career now. So you became a yoga teacher and then you, so you, I guess two big things. There's one, you actually setting up a studio which was, is it it still exists, that studio? No. No, But it was, at the time it was, when I moved to London, that was one of the big studios to go to. And then also kind of taking your show on the road and doing kind of trainings all over. When did did that jump happen? And when did you decide to actually put some roots down and own a studio? And then equally, when did you decide to rip those roots up, (laughs) I guess?
2: Yeah, so it kind of started... um maybe I'll take a couple of steps back. So continuing from that, you know, where I left off in corporate. So at that time, I, you know, just for fun, I did a yoga training and the guy who owned a studio, um, in, in, you know, in in Sydney, in Australia, where I was, um, I just did it for fun because I loved the yoga. I was there every day, you know, for, for practice, um, did a training and somewhere during the training, he said, you know, you're moving, like, you think you're moving to London and, um, and that was the journey as well and you know he was like you should create something like this over there and i was like what do you mean what do you mean nothing like this exists over there He was like well i mean they're a little bit behind the trends you know they don't have something like that there yet and i was like what because <laughs> but you should do it you should create something like this and i was like no way i mean i've got to find you know i don't want to be you know i'm a corporate guy i'll just turn up I'll, i want to go to you know, the UK and and work for some time. And then, I don't know, I'd go back and buy a house and live heavily, happily ever after or something. But on the other side, there was this stirring within me, kind of searching for what am I gonna do with my life, you know, from this point. And that took a couple of years, actually. It was stirring inside while I was in corporate. So the last couple of years of corporate was like that. Um, so then he planted the seed, I did the training, and I was like, yeah, and you know, I'm just gonna go traveling. Um, there's family stuff that was sorted, um, so I felt okay. I'm ready now. So I went on the road. I came, you know, I, I landed in Austria. I have Some friends in Austria, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna jump in a van. It's, it's gonna get cold because it's in October. They're like, it's gonna get cold. Winter is coming. We're gonna jump in a van. We're gonna drive to Spain. You should come with us." And I was like, "No, I've already booked a meditation. You know, I booked a vipassana retreat in Switzerland. I'm not going." So anyway, they, long story. They convinced me. Jumped in the van. It was great. We went. We ended up in Valencia in Spain. And you know, I ended up in this—you um, know—I was renting a room in someone's flat, and they became friends. And I was practicing yoga every day because that was kind of like one of my anchors. And you know, I just spent some some months trying to work hard, like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And then there was this thought of, you know, what my teacher planted in my head, saying like, yeah, you should just, you know, do something like this over there. I was like, can I? You know, is it going to be possible? So every day as I was practicing and my friend said, Hey, you know, you can teach. Why don't you, you know, bully a teacher? So I was like, Look, I'm not a yoga teacher. Because in my head, I just did it for fun. You know, I I wasn't a yoga teacher. <laughs> I got the qualifications. And and I said, Look, I'll practice every day at 6 p.m. You know, and if you want, you can come practice next to me. But I'm not teaching you. Mm-hmm. I'm not a yoga teacher. They're like, I'm fine. So <laughs> one turned up. One became two, two became four. And next thing I know, at quarter to six, within just like a couple of weeks, a um, few weeks, there's all these people outside in the front door. You know, they'd ring the doorbell at quarter to six. I'm like, who are all these people? I'm not teaching. So they just came to practice next to me. Um, So they'd turn up, clear the living room, turn on the heating, you know, and they didn't have yoga mats. They'll turn up with like towels and rugs and things because they'd never done yoga before. And they're like, you know, like, ready to be taught and I'm like, I told you guys, I'm not teaching, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. practice, you can just follow, I'm not giving any instructions, I'm not a yoga teacher, they're like, fine. So it didn't take too long before I didn't have space to practice at 6 p.m. in my slot. (laughs) So, you know, after cursing them a little bit, I was like, all right, fine, I'll teach you guys. So I started teaching and as I was teaching, I found that I really loved it. You know, there's something in me that just kind of lit up and I was like, okay, so I need to stop lying to myself about this, you know, and that kind of just hit me. So I booked a ticket, next week I was in, you know, in the UK, I spent the next month or so planning, I was in a friend's house um, while he was away. And that was the beginning, so I just had this idea that, you know, I I wanna create something really cool in in London, I wanna create an amazing community. And and also it was like, I don't know if I can cope with the cold, so I think I'm gonna create a heated studio. Mm. And literally I just turned up with two backpacks, you know, and enough rent for three months. I think my third month into setting up my business, which is rented rooms, you know, and running around with heaters, um, I, hit, I hit a low point. It was like, you know, shit, I'm, I look at my spreadsheet and I'm like, I'm paying for all these people to turn up to my class every week. This sucks, like, I don't know anything about business. Why am I doing this? Why don't I just go back to corporate, you know? So that was the journey and beginnings of my learnings in business. And uh, yeah, that went on to be um, in my studio in South London, you know, which I had for like well, around a decade.
1: Did, did you um, have like uh, a big, inve- an external investor for that to happen? Not at, all.
2: not at all. So I basically started with rented rooms and like, you know, this dingy church hall and whatever. And I had a schedule, my students would follow me around. And then, you know, I was hunting around for like a space and, you know, and then learning about my landlords and just, I mean, it was just crazy. It was like, I was a new place. I had no friend, one friend <laughs> who lives in the area. Um, and when I was about to give up, thank God I had that friend because she and her friend were like, Dylan, you can't give up. This is something, there's something in here that you just have to continue. They're like, I've never done yoga before. And like, I can't, you know, I love these classes and it's doing so much for me. I was like, oh God. So, you know, one thing led to the next and went to another small space, that space. I was about to move out from that. And then, you know, um, I think third year into it. Um, so I had this vision that day when I was about to give up, you know, and I thought, oh my God, I'm paying for all these people to turn up to my class, looking at my spreadsheet. I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? I should just go back to corporate. Mm-hmm. And then something stirred within me. And I, I asked the question to myself, I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? And that set up another journey. And, and around that time, I was like doing all these, you know, transformation programs doing, you know, deep work and trying to heal stuff with my dad. That's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that led me into finding my my why, which I see, you know, say um, to open hearts and awaken minds. And mm. you know, the moment that came to me it was just this emotional, powerful, cathartic moment, and I was just like crying like a baby at that moment. I don't know why. I'm like, what is this, you know? And that still drives me till today. You know, to open hearts, awaken minds, and it's just taken so many different expressions from yoga to meditation to healing work. So the studio, yeah, like moved from one studio to another in in my third year. That vision that I had that day I was going to give up, um, I had this vision of like 90, it looked like 80 or 90 people in a room. And three years later, I was standing in front of my class Monday evening, uh, and there was about 93 people, I think, in my class. They matched right up into the bathroom. I took one studio, and then, you know, the the neighbor moved, so we took the other studio, cut the wall out. It just organically grew, you know. When yoga was still a weird thing, I don't know how it happened, but, you know, all these people started to turn up. And we just had a great time. You know, it's an amazing community. We just had a great time. People didn't want to leave. They would just Mm. be like, stay after class, 10 p.m. You know, when I'm like sweeping the floor and rolling the mats, they're like, no, no, let me roll the mat. Like, no, you're paying customer. Like, you're not rolling. They're like, no, no, no. We wanted, they just wanted somewhere to hang out. Mm. You know, so there's this amazing community that formed. And as at some point, the business, you know, you could say the business was doing well, it just looked good from the outside. You know, we'd have like 80, 90 people turning up to a class and I didn't have the resources to manage that. Suddenly just kind of like blew up. There's this like crowd control. I -hmm. look on the system and then there's like 60, 70, 80 people booking into the class So I'm like, oh my God, jump on my bike, get there, you know, and crowd control. Like, okay, who's been here before? Go that way down the stairs to the street. Who hasn't been this way? This way, like beginners, you know, and then Mm -hmm. with like, trying to get them into class and then dead leave and then another eighty people would turn up. My
0: gosh. It was
2: a cool time, but you know, definitely had my lessons, you know, and that was the point when my landlords kinda of just kicked me out overnight. Oh really? And we ended up Yeah, we ended up in a nightclub for three months, three and a half months and that's another story.
0: Oh my <laughs> And gosh. before we found
2: our final studio, you know, which I landed in for some time.
0: What do you think? Yeah, you- I
2: definitely had my fair share of hard knocks.
0: What do you think it was that initially drew all these people towards you? Do you think it's because you started doing your own inner work and they, they sensed that in you and they wanted a a leader of some sort or what, what do you think it was that, that filled your classes so quickly? I think I,
2: you know, I was just oblivious, (laughs) really. um, I just loved what I was doing. Mm. I you know, I think it was my passion of what I was sharing, which people felt, Mm. Um, you know, I was, just starting my first training, uh, yoga training, t- teacher training. And, you know, so I was, like, getting the first crowd of people coming into my first training back in the day. And so I was, hi- you know, I hired all these teachers that came to me. And mm-hmm. it was normally just people practicing. And I think people heard about it. They're like, oh, is a studio that, you know, there's, there's this stuff, these classes are going on. And then I guess people came. There was no Facebook ads and all that sort of stuff back in the day. We didn't do any flyering. It was basically just people telling each other. Um, and I think, you know, one thing if I look back was it was just built on generosity and just having a great time, you know, and there was a buzz in the studio and everyone else just loved it. You know, it was like every class was, people would just go on a journey
1: Mm -hmm. the
2: classes were heated, you know, and that 90 minutes was like, they would go somewhere and something would happen in their body and their mind. And they were just like, I want more of that in my life. You know, and then there was a community element, which was accidental. Like I didn't you know, I didn't have this big strategy of creating a community. They just kinda of gravitated towards it. And I think back in the day, you know, if I put it back to there's something in me just that I just wanted to share and give and you know, I didn't have a big business strategy behind just kind of all just happened really. Um, enough to motivate it gave me a taste mm-hmm. of it. And after that it was like, Okay, now like where could it go now? You know, mm-hmm. and let's see what happens. And then after that it was just then my learning experiences came
0: i think when you've got your really powerful why that makes you cry at the core of everything everything else just kind of naturally falls into place around it doesn't it if you're doing it just to make money or to get ahead or it's competition it just it doesn't quite work as well but when it's that real pure intention and from the heart it it seems that everything just naturally will fall into place for you because you're creating something beautiful which you have done
2: uh yeah perhaps you know people are feeling people are feeling that you know my team I was feeling that they were expressing their version of it or, or their own wise and mm. it was just a really you know cool space um you know it was very simple it literally my studios were so simple there was no investment in it you know it was very much like shoestring the last studio we ended up in which was our home for some years um just off Abbeville Road in Clapham it was actually a smaller studio and that's when i started to learn a bit more about business strategy and then you know we quadruple our business within i think it was like a year or something like mm-hmm. that um and at that point like we got to a point where we were turning around a million pounds you know and the money was nice but it wasn't about the money again it was just about the community and you know people would walk in the door and say ah oh, now i can relax now mm-hmm. i can be myself and that was just one of the intentions mm-hmm. it's like we want people to turn up and just feel like they're coming home and, you know, everyone's family, you know, and I used to do, I don't know what other people did outside, but it's like, when you go into my class before it start or our classes, it's like, you know, like what I call like an Asian fish market. People would be talking and, <laughs> oh, you know, this and that. Hey, how are you doing? You know, and there was just this buzz in the studio, you know, whether it was in the class before or after or, you know, in the changing rooms or like people would just walk out to the tube station together. It's like, mm. hey, what's your name? And, you know, so there was just this, it became a mm. space for people to kind connect. You know, I remember, I think it came also from like, people used to tell me, why are you moving to London? Like people are not friendly over there. And I was like, really? Let me go check it out for myself. And when I got here, I was sitting in the tube and I looked at people and I thought, people are not unfriendly here. They just seem a little bit shy. Mm. They just maybe need an excuse to have a conversation. And that's what actually my was my experience. So then I thought, you know, I'm gonna create a space for people where I'm gonna give them an excuse to talk to each other. So if people would turn up to class and sit quietly, I'd go up to the front and I'd say, hi everyone, my name is So-and-so, but it's about to start in five minutes. I'm gonna give you a little exercise. I want you to turn around, meet three people around you, and actually today I want you to get off your mat and go to the other side of the room and meet some other people around the other side of the room, find out something like, you know, what's their favorite yoga pose or something, and I'll say, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna test you, so make sure you do it in five minutes and I'll walk out of the room and then it's like oh hello you know people start talking to each other and that just became normal so after a while any new person came in they were just enveloped in this wow. friendliness this warmth you know this this loving environment so we didn't we didn't have you know we had one shower one toilet you know the change room was this like little room upstairs you know it was literally mat to mat you know we had one block space between the mats we had tape marks so people would put their mats down you know, and some people were just kind of like, oh, it's this, you know, blah, blah, blah. and but then they would just get kind of drawn into that, the flow of what was happening there and they just loved it. Either they loved it and stayed and they just stayed for a long time, you know, until they moved out of the area or... They didn't like it and they just left mm. you
1: weren't know, like, yeah, cool. ready for you don't it need, well you don't need to please everyone do you no. you don't need to please everyone to make money you need no, you just a few people to really like it and that's that's it but uh, it's it it's be, really though. hard to build communities isn't it I think and there's different strategies I guess I feel that in big city centre studios it's much harder there's so much going on And there are people going in all directions. It's all very transient. I feel that studios slightly out of a city or in smaller cities do a little bit better. And I also think, and this is from experience in heart studios, that studios offer almost exclusively one thing there is the most community because the people have so much more in common because they've decided to invest their money in just one thing. And I guess you get it in hot studios, you get it in, I, I've seen it in like boxing gyms or CrossFit gyms. But yeah, the, I think the more targeted a place is, the, perhaps easier it is to build community to some degree there's still a whole load of work and obviously you've done you did so much actively to cultivate that community but that's but it is a really hard thing to cultivate especially if you live in a big city isn't it
2: so i had this you know back then i was i you know, started like i was teaching at tri yoga somehow i got in because my teacher baron baptiste um and that was you know so every wednesday i'd go and teach at tri yoga in primrose hill back in the day when they had it and I was like, wow, there's, there's such a different environment here. You know, obviously they had all this funding and, you know, Jonathan and all that. Um, and then the other place I was asked to teach was at Kicks Gym. I don't know, I think they're still around in um, in
1: Chelsea. Yeah, private uh, members, yeah, they're still there. They've opened a drop-in yeah. as well, but they're, they're still, I think they've moved location, but this still exists, yeah. Right. And then, you know, then
2: I'd go back home to Clapham in my tiny little, you know, person studio you know and the train literally open the window and there's like trains you know so you can feel it i'm like do you guys do you hear the train and they're like oh the train you know people didn't even realize that one of my first like first studio that i had i just decided i was like i need to find something i don't have the money i don't have a million pounds or more you know to pump into a studio that is going to be fancy maybe someday hopefully i'll be able to afford it but right now you know this is all i've got but what I can pour into it is as much love as I can, and you know, and create an environment where people can connect, you know. And I think um, it doesn't matter if it is, you know, I we did actually just have one, you know, style um, at that time, um, and that's all we focused on and specialized in. Um, I think times have changed. I have got a student of mine who's got a really successful studio up in Nottingham. Um, and she's got an amazing community, you know, during the pandemic, her strategy, um, and which I don't think she you know, was strategic about it. She just loved to create a space was about community. So all these people could turn up and, you know, it's like, again, it's, that's just a home for them to come and mm-hmm. hang out and meet other people. And, you know, and yoga is just this thing that you're doing. But, you know, it's more about, you know, the community. And I think creating community for me was just like, I just need to give them an excuse to say hello. These people are a little bit shy. They mm-hmm. need an excuse, you know, and when I, when I was on the tube, I thought, wow, these guys have to do it twice a day, five days a week. If I had to do this, I would want to kill someone. <laughs> How are they not more aggressive? Like people would turn up to the yoga class and I thought you guys are amazing. Like you haven't killed someone today, mm-hmm. you know, like hats off to you. Cause you've got to deal with that shit twice a day, five days a week you know and you made it to class so mm-hmm. let's let's do this let's you know let's let create a space where you can connect into you know, into something else but you know you can put that aside
1: because if you were yoga teacher now you're on that tube like 10 times a day oh, i think there were some days that i uh, on my busy days like literally like 10 maybe 10 plus tube journeys and train journeys so, so yeah. what,
0: what happened after that then you, you don't have your yoga studio anymore so what was the next part of your journey
2: so I, you know, I um, stepped away from that business. The last, last studio we had, basically, what happened was, um, commercial. The laws changed, and the commercial landlords could actually take their properties back and change it from commercial to residential. And if they did that, you know, obviously it's, they could sell it for five times more than money that they were making. The last building we were in, you know, was a complex, and then they basically just pulled the rug from under our feet. Uh, also, I had a, you know, a business partnership that just. Was bad wasn't working so i had another learning experience there in business so you know that then set me off into another it seems like every 10 or so years you know i get my next um Bless thing to go hurt. on so i just went you know go on a nomadic journey i go traveling again mm-hmm. and just sit with myself and um then i then i realized i was like okay yeah you know, i can still you know, i've already developed this yoga training this teacher training which was infused with you know deep transformational work that was actually more the, i it just became more and more of my, my passion. You know, it was just something that kind of found me. And when I first went and, you know, learned it in, in wherever I learned it, I was like, how do I do this? How do I create, ch-? like, how can I create change in people like this? This is amazing. You know, it wasn't like, I want a big crowd. It was just like, I want to be able to have that impact on even one person. How do I do that? You know, and, and like, maybe I can bring it back to my community. And I had just like the small community back, back then. So that my teacher trainings became this ground for me to develop as a you know, a facilitator of deep inner work, like transformational work. Um, and still is and it has evolved, you know, for the last fifteen or so years. So then I was like, Okay, I don't need a studio. It was a big shift for me. It's like, wow, I'm losing my studio and and it's kinda of heartbreaking because, you know, I was stepping away from my community. I still get emails from people today, which, you know, it's lovely to to get it. Like sometimes they'll say, no, I've, I've been searching for another place like this and I can't find it. And it wasn't because it was fancy. We really were not fancy at all. It was just the most simple, basic, you know, of, of environment. But it was a community, right? It was a feel of that. Um, that's what they, they mean. Um, and the energy in the classes, so, you know, we had amazing teachers. So. I realized that, you know, the yoga trainings was my next thing that I can bring. And, and then, it you know, I guess life was pushing me to bring it, you know, to a wider audience. So I started traveling and this was, you know, I was doing everything in person until the pandemic hit. <laughs> so I was traveling around and teaching in different places. Um, and yeah, people, you know, would come to the trainings. I didn't have, you know, huge 100 person trainings, but the people that came, you know, it's not. I guess it's not for everyone. It's like you need to be interested in, in, you know, really looking at yourself and working on yourself. And if you're not, then I'm not your guy, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm not interested in just just surface-level stuff. You know, that's not my thing. So more and more and more. And that was the next part. So I just brought that, you know, to the road. And, you know, it allowed me to bring my training out of Clapham to Ibiza and Sri Lanka and Bali. And, you know, it was a, it was a dream. I was like,
1: can I ever do that? And then, you know, I guess, you know, we were doing it. Until the pandemic hit, and then what? So I saw on your Instagram. I forget the name of these events that you do, where you're in front of many cameras, and then that screen of what hundreds of people behind you live. What what on earth is going on there? So
2: the um, that that program is called Awaken. It's a three day. I mean, right now it's like live virtual, um, and I do it twice a I actually just did it a couple of weeks ago. Um, It was born out of, I guess, you know, me working on myself, and then me learning various modalities of transformation, bringing it into the yoga trainings. And then there was this thing in me that was like, hmm, should I still continue with the yoga? Or, you know, like what, who, and like you said, and like, who are you? <laughs> like, what is, what's the noun, right? And then there was this like, but I love yoga. Do I let it go? And, but then there's this other thing that was like, I can create, I can help people create change, you know, and like I could do a healing or an intervention in an hour, someone could turn their life around. Mm-hmm. Right. So I learned those skills. So I was like, I need to share this. So the last thing I did was um, my healing trainings. I went and spent, um, I learned modality, modalities, healing modality in um, and spent three and a half months in Montana with the woman who channeled it and did all the instructor level courses and had no inkling to teach it at all. I still still don't, i just you know, I still say like, I just went there for the healings, <laughs> for the, you know, for the healings that was included. Yeah. But after I came back from that, you know, three and a half months, my head was just kind of, it wasn't just my head, I was like pulled apart in every way I can possibly imagine and beyond. And I was like, what the hell just happened to me? So, after like three and a half months of that, what was stirring within me was like, I need to actually just put this out there. Mm -hmm. So, December 2018, I launched my very first in person awaken program. And it literally was just like, I have no clue what the hell I'm going to say to people. You know, and, and every time I went to prepare, I just had this feeling of like, no, nope, put that away. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Mm. So literally put this thing on my website. Don't know how to explain it. I called it Awaken. I don't know what I said on the thing. I had a couple of testimonials from my, you know, students. And I don't know, like 80 people booked and turned out, I booked this, you know, <laughs> ballroom at um, in, in this hotel in Charing Cross. And it just all happened. Like, you know, I turned up there on day one and the third, we had, you know, a guy that was doing sound. I had my video guys there and I was like, shit, I don't know what I'm going to say to these people. And third person, you know, I said, how are you guys doing? That microphone microphones like you're holding. I'm cordless one. So passed the third person. third woman said, I'm feeling nervous. And I was like, so am I. <laughs> and then she looked at me and I looked at her and, and then I looked at the crowd and they looked at me. And then I said, you know, I'm nervous because I actually don't know what I'm going to say this weekend. And then they looked at me like, is that a joke?
1: <laughs> and then
2: there was this like awkward moment, which prolonged itself for a while. And I looked at them and I said, no, I'm being honest. Like, I really don't know what I'm going to say to you guys. Because every time I went to prepare something, I was guided not to. Mm. And I think the reason for that is because this weekend, if I had something scripted and pre-prepared, don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, lacking in content. I can just talk about stuff and teach you stuff. But if I had it all kind of like fixed, then it is more of the known. And this weekend is about going into the unknown, mm. you know, and then I said, Good save. It, it wasn't even, a, I didn't even, I know, honestly, had no idea what I was going to say. And that's what came out. And I was like, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> and, and, that's the but best way sometimes. Most of the time, sometimes. This comes out and I'm yeah.
2: like, I should write that down. You know, my team would say like can, like, can you repeat that thing that you said? I'm like, man, I don't know what I said. Just film it, like record it, you know, and we'll do something with the, the filming. So yeah, it was just three days I was going into the unknown. The sound guy who was at the back on Sunday when we finished came to me and said, you know, so straight after that, the next was a student of mine who'd done teacher training four years ago. He basically just went off the rails um and he like you know he just went deep he just didn't hold like hold anything back it's boom everything came out and i think the crowd was like what have we just signed up for what like what are we doing here you know and that took like this is like a two hour inter- intervention
0: oh my god and the sound
2: guy at the back came to me on sunday and he said you know i see a lot of speakers because that's what i do you know i do sound for like speakers is then i've seen a lot of speakers i don't know if i can swear on this yeah, yeah I swear I <laughs> but right. a lot of speakers open up a group and fuck it up. <laughs> and when you did that, when that guy took the mic that day, he said, I was honestly sitting back going, here we go. Another speaker, <laughs> another speaker thinking they've got it and someone's stuff. And um, I don't know, I mean, just whatever came through and, you know, we went through the process and he said, you know, And then you turned that around and we went for lunch. And I was like, okay, that was, no, I've not seen that before. And then we came back from lunch, then you did it again, did it again, did it again. again. All weekend, all those people that shared, and no matter what they came up with, he said, I've never seen that before. I was like, I don't know how you do it. I said, dude, I don't know how I do it. (laughs) He said, whatever it is, I need to be around this and forget money, like just hire the equipment. I'm gonna come and work for you for free. As long Mm. as you do these events. Oh my gosh so he came and then he like when he finished then i was literally like packing my laptop and then another guy came from the crowd and he's like dylan i do lighting for he like over the years like big bands like the police and whatever you know and he's like i do lighting and i would love to come and do lighting for your event for free and i was like Is someone having a joke here like these guys you know he said, "No, honestly and he did so he came you know, so i did six more in-person awakens you know, it was amazing, and some were bigger, some were smaller. But people came and, like, changed their lives. And then at the pandemic, I kind of switched it up, you know, from really deep three days where people people were just, I think, you know, pulled apart in so many ways and put back together. Now there's, you know, it, it evolves now. It's a different structure. It is a bit smoother and still powerful, but, like, you know, it's now virtual, obviously, the pandemic kind of. First virtual one I did, I literally just is. During the pandemic, we put all these blinds down. I hired a guy that could come and do the screens, move this couch. I wanted the screen. <laughs> I don't know why, but I wanted the screen. So we had this like wall, like LED wall here in my flat during the pandemic, right? <laughs> um, had all my blinds shut, and my neighbors were like, Tim, what are you up to in there? I was like, come check it out if you want, but I'm just doing some stuff this weekend. Don't worry about it, I'm just doing a broadcast. You know, and that was our first, you know, virtual awaken and then the, the kind of screens that you see now is just, you know, I've actually hired a proper space mm. with three phase power because the screen needs it. And um, you know, it's it's a three day experience where people get to come and either dip their toe in and go further or um, that's it, you know, they got enough from the three days and they're good.
1: There's two things I want to ask. Uh, so one, Jack, like, do you miss in person Is and will you do in person again? uh occasionally and then the other thing i want to ask i'd love you to speak to is we might have people listening thinking oh you know what i'm just gonna do i'm just gonna turn up and be guided and just ex- and expose people not or let them be vulnerable and yeah i've seen yoga teachers also do that badly like get people to talk about their childhood trauma and then at the end of class okay namaste guys see you later here's some leaflets in my workshop if you're interested and just leave people cold so what would you say about because you know this kind of stuff isn't per se regulated. Like, you are clearly someone with incredible experience, incredible training, and you know, a natural talent for it. So, what would you say to people in terms of? I guess two, two, two. I am asking loads of questions now. I guess uh, someone who is a to be participant, how do they pick someone who can hold the space safely? And for someone that wants to do this, how can they make sure actually they're not just winging it, but they uh, they have a grounding in the knowledge required?
2: So I'll answer the online question first because it might be quicker and easier. And I to... <laughs> um, so I do do some things online. Um, there's actually two in-person things that I do, um, which is a second part of our yoga training and um, a, you know, a, a retreat for my, you know, one of the groups that I facilitate. And that's twice a year. So we, I, we do do in-person stuff, but I haven't in the last couple of years, like, you know, this year I wasn't at a yoga show or anything like that. And actually, um, I, you know, I just felt like saying it wasn't the right time. So I was just like actually no to all the festivals that were opening up this year. So I didn't go to any of the festivals. I didn't go to any of the conferences. I actually just did continue to do my thing. Probably next year I might, I don't know, let's see. Um, So there is a little bit of the in-person stuff that mm. I'm doing and I'm gonna start opening it up like more. I think I'm kind of a little bit spoiled now because the virtual <laughs> thing has worked so well. And you know, people, my biggest, ch- like, Question in my head was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this because I can't guarantee that it's going to deliver the quality that I want. You know, people are going to have the shifts that they can, that they came to have, and if I can't guarantee that, I'm not going to do it. But the pandemic just kicked my ass, and just I had to do it. Mm. So it was like, then I did it in dribs and drabs, and little, like I tested it in little sessions, and I was like, oh, wow, people are actually experiencing this, it is working. So I feel, you know, with like an in integrity to to actually then start you know launching a little bit more a little bit more more. and then obviously you know over the last well two years three years um i'm like in full full swing and everything is online and some in-person stuff so there's the first question hopefully that's answered perfect um i think the second question you're absolutely right um it is completely irresponsible to go and open someone up Mm. you know and leave them gaping open It's not just yoga teachers. I've seen that done, you know, with other so called, you know, sometimes so called professionals as well. Um, I think getting the training that is needed um, behind you is one part. And for me, the other part was like me doing my work as well. You know, like I still have mentors and teachers on a weekly basis. I'm digging up my stuff and working on it. And it's not easy and comfortable, definitely not comfortable, you know, but I wouldn't dare stand in front of someone or a group and have, you know, a depth of a conversation if I didn't feel hand to heart, I could hold the space for that person. Mm-hmm. It's just, here is point blank, irresponsible, and people shouldn't do that, you know, In, in no matter what their intention is. And, you know, I think underneath it all is a good intention because you want to help, you want, you want to help someone, but... It's not cool. No. You know, it's like, it's not trendy. It's not cool. Just stop doing it. Yeah, you know, I mean, Unless people can hold it.
1: And there's, there's a weird, I guess, dynamic with kind of the modern world at the moment. And there's an encouragement, you know, to fake it till you make it. And there's an encouragement to, you know, sell, upsell yourself, you know, make yourself sound more than you are. You know, charge more money because you're going to... But actually... At the same time in this, when you're dealing with people's lives and emotions, faking it to you make it, it's no, actually it completely, completely responsible. Mm. Yeah.
2: I mean, I have I have therapists on my faculty, you know, qualified psychotherapists. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not trying to be one. The process that I guide people through is a different process to therapy. But I have faculty members who are qualified registered therapists. And they will, you know, like we will have a conversation at, you know, at our lunch. And they'll be like, I don't know how you did that. And I'm like, I don't know it's a mix of the stuff that i've learned and you know i'm also channeling in in, in each moment i'm giving healings and stuff like that so we've got you know we've got all those covered so if you know where i don't there's like a blind spot they will jump in Mm. you know when they finish i will jump in you know and together you know all the support structures are there in 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 the program to make sure we don't leave any stones unturned you know and people are all taken care of you know, because even though I'm not doing therapy, there is a therapeutic effect mm. and there is a responsibility, you know, and I don't take that lightly.
1: Mm. Should we go a lighter though now, Hollow? Should, should we go quick fire?
0: Yeah, I, yeah I was just going to ask like what's coming up next for you? What do you see coming up in the future? Do you plan these things or does, do you just let it flow?
2: There is a plan. Um, and, and otherwise, you know, it'll just be more of a mess than it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as in like what's coming up as in events is that what you mean
0: well yeah for you yeah
2: um i mean i do these awaken programs these virtual awaken programs twice a year um that's you know people want to get involved that's the thing i'm, I'm always kind of doing something for free online just for people to come and check it out and you know get to know because I'm not everyone's guy, you know, and like I swear and I just call things out as it is and I don't take any bullshit, you know, like I'm probably not an easy guy to work with because that's just how I am, I make no apology for it. But you know, if someone actually wants someone who is gonna have their back and speak the truth and call things out when no one else will, you know, I do that and obviously that's not the only thing I do. So um for some people they like it other people they just get repelled and that's cool you know so there's there's a lot of free stuff people can just you know have a look Mm -hmm. it's mostly online um and they can come and check it out and see if they like me or not they don't like what i'm doing they don't align with what i'm teaching they definitely
1: shouldn't do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool let's do some quick questions now if we could what would you like to do more of if you had a bit more free time what would you be doing more of
2: interesting i was just thinking about that today what would i do differently if you know things were different like the, the responsibilities mm. you know were not there i just love being in in that um role of facilitating someone's process you know it's like when i'm doing that i don't know uh I guess thought is happening, but I'm there and I am i feel like I'm completely present with them and there's an effort, there's an effortlessness. And it seems like everything else around my life, you know, somehow is built around that. So I've geared my life so I can actually do as much of that as I can through my year and through my day. Um, so I guess you could say, you know, that's me living my purpose. Mm. And sometimes it comes out, you know, in a yoga class, and you know, sometimes it's like in a meditation I'm teaching. Other times it's like I'm facilitating someone's process. So I think <laughs> uh, if you gave me a choice, uh, if the universe said, "Hey, like, I'll take care of everything else," you just turn up and you know, help people shift, right, and and go across the line and connect with that greatness within themselves, that potential within themselves. I'll be doing that twenty four seven. How lovely!
0: So you just do more of what you're doing now. Yeah. What do you do to relax? That's
2: a good question. I need to do more of that. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think because there's this part of me that is, um, you know, like I, I guess as the athlete, you know, as that professional athlete, me, I'm just like very driven on, on, you know, on the inside. I have to be careful that I'm not burning my body out because my body obviously needs sleep and rest. Um what I have been doing for, like you know last week for example has just been sleeping more, you know, just making sure I'm getting 9 hours or some days more if I can. I'm so jealous Even myself, you know, <laughs> the opportunity just to rest. Um and then my kind of anchors are meditation and practice, you know, mm. and you know, to be honest like I don't get to the mat every day. But, you know, most days I make it to the mat. But my non-negotiable is um, meditation every day. So and everything kind of, at least there's something there um, in, in the madness of it. But um, I love traveling. I love, obviously, you know, my family, I haven't seen them for some years. So I'm going to go see Aww, them. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've done a little bit of travel back, you know, this year, which has been cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it, really. Perfect.
1: And then perhaps you could leave us with a quote, a motto, a mantra, a lyric, something that means something to you, something that gets you through the hard times or something that inspires you to do new things.
2: Mm. Um, I think at the core of it, actually, what was it today? The second part came to me, or was it? Um, so it's like, I'm not my thought and then reminding myself that I'm not my thought. Um, and the second part came to me and it's kind of gone now out of my head, but it was something about, so if I'm not my thought, then who am I? It's, you know, it, it really is just like reminding myself, yeah, that's right. So all of suffering comes from our identification with thought, mm. right? And, um, and our illusion of disconnect with the divine. So it's like reminding myself that, you know, I'm, the thing that I'm going through right now is just a thing. <laughs> it's just an event, you know, and this all like, if it's something in my body or something in my life or whatever the challenging thing is, it's like, it is It is a creation of, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a reflection of something that's going on inside here probably for me to go and look at. It's an opportunity for me to look at. Mm. And you could say it's like, it's not real. You know what i mean so i'm just reminding myself it's like yes you know this is one version of reality but this is not real mm. Mm. the ultimate truth you know this all of it is a remind to me anyway it's a reminder to connect to um god within and i'm not religious mm. you know I'm like, i don't follow any religion i'm talking about the divine god you know quantum field whatever you want to call it yeah something greater within you know and just reminding myself like if i'm struggling it's because i've disconnected and mm. it's a reminder for me to reconnect mm. it's just like wake up reconnect if disconnects like you know you plug the you plug an appliance into the wall i you pull the plug out it's like oh should i pull the plug out i need to plug back
1: in mm. Mm. it's Not a nice way of a reminder to reconnect it's a lovely way to end yeah, thank really you so lovely. much and just remind us of your website or social media where people can find you
2: yeah, so it's just first name, last name, Dylan Ilu. I know it's a little bit of an odd um, last name. <laughs> uh, and I think it was search on social. The Instagram is at Dylan Ialu. Um Website is DylanIlu.com or there is an awaken.dylanilu.com, which actually has, you know, um, more of the stuff than the Dylan Ialu website. Amazing. Um, it really just searched my name. Awesome. Uh, thank, thank you so much
0: for
1: your time. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you. Honest
0: thank you.